Coming out of your coma. And guess what? I'll split your fucking head open again. Because I'm fucking stupid. I don't give a fuck about jail. That's my business. That's what I do. And we know what you do, don't we, Charlie? You fuck people out of money and get away with it. You can't fuck. Hey, you fat Irish prick. You put my fucking money to sleep. You go get my money or I'll put your fucking brain to sleep. Now it's time to play. Hi, welcome to Last Man on Earth. My name is Lex Jurgen. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Much like the Caribbean, Matt is still reeling from the impact of multiple hurricanes. Let's see, there was Hurricane Hector, Hurricane Stephen, Hurricane Trey, Hurricane Roger. Matt, I thought hurricanes had female names. <laughs> what exactly hit you in the last couple of weeks? Oh, I thought you meant Hurricane, the, uh, the alcoholic drink. No, I was thinking like uh, the gay man who visited your apartment and leave it in shambles. Uh, yeah, I yelled at my condo association the other day, so I think that uh, the, the gay community, I'm, I'm kind of on their shit list right now. Oh, really? Oh, no. You can be, I think they kill people. I'm pretty sure they kill people. This week's show is sponsored by TV news reporters pretending to understand the diff- difference between semi-automatic and automatic weapons. <laughs> <laughs> it's like talking sports. Please stop trying to drop lingo. People are dead here. I just honestly watching, it's not just the female anchors, the male anchors, too, who have no idea about guns talking about all the weapons from the Vegas shooting. Like, they're going, bump stock. They'll say bump stock. Mm-hmm. Or like, but rig, this is rig from a semi-automatic, whatever. And they'll say, oh, it was 223. You know they know nothing about, like, I saw one uh, female anchor actually admitted, I have to admit, I just read the notes. I don't really know anything about guns. But the guns is fairly relevant to the story. Why can't they just admit, I just started out by saying, I don't know anything about guns. Why don't you tell me? I don't know. Like, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I was talking to someone that does know a lot about guns about the Vegas incident, and uh, I just said, I don't, I don't know anything about guns. And then they walked me through the conversation. So it's, you know, it's okay to admit that you don't know everything, especially when, uh, if you're an anchor on CNN, most do you people... Ever, do you ever feel like cable news anchors are experts on anything? No, I think most people assume you're a complete fucking moron on yes. every topic, including yes. whatever your specialty is. So, And you have a producer who gave you notes two minutes before you went on the air so you could say some things that don't sound stupid. Yeah, I mean, you're pulling an 18-hour shift. I mean, you know, reporting on uh, mostly, you know, child rape and other sensationalized type of things but uh mm, child rape good leading to the show matt well just you know if it bleeds i don't know just uh, no i don't think bleeds. anyone feels that anchors i don't even feel like the experts they have i know what they're talking about let alone the actual the actual anchors everybody seems to be from a very bizarre background talking about the vegas shooting well they have like an expert on war uh like on foreign policy and it'll be like Stanley McChrystal, like a guy that just threw the country into a quagmire who had no idea what he was doing. It's right. like, oh, okay, so explain how you're an expert again, guy that failed. They have these uh, lists of go-to guests. 
And until they get arrested for some kind of pedophilia, they just let them keep coming back. <laughs> uh, all right, on this show, you can reach us on Facebook or on Twitter, Last Men Podcast. Uh, Matt, let me ask you, I know you are infatuated with the Trump daughters. Uh, how many Trump daughters can you name? Ivanka... And I, I always forget that Tiffany exists. Like, yeah, Tiffany. She must. Uh, is she named after Tiffany, the department store? Uh, well, I, I assume he went with like precious names for people. So he actually, she's a daughter of Marla Maples, who Donald Trump, I think, just said, "I want to plow for three months and make a pretty looking baby, and then I'm out of here." Mm-hmm. Pretty much. That one went pretty fast. It was like she, Marla Maples was a dancer, like an attractive blonde dancer, right? And I think Trump just kind of went in there and just made a baby and got out. So God, God bless him. Uh, so here's the thing. This, is, this story isn't really about Tiffany Trump, but she got blasted this week on social media because, God forbid, after Hurricane Maria hit Puerto Rico, she posted a selfie of herself in, like, a new designer dress. And all the reactions were, how can you do this after people are suffering in Puerto Rico? How clueless and how, what an evil person you are. And Mariah Carey at the same week, she, she, she uh, poor Mariah Carey, she's really fat now. I don't know if you've seen her recently. They, she's, selling a, she's selling a Christmas special. She has a Christmas special coming out in November. Tiffany Trump? No, Mariah Carey. I've been oh. on Mariah Carey, uh, the fatter, older version of Tiffany Trump. Oh, okay. So they positioned her like in her L.A. home or whatever, across like a chaise lounge chair, leaning like Cleopatra, like sucked into her, her spandex undergarments. Mm-hmm. So she looks so fat with the Christmas tree behind her and like decked out in holiday jewels and everything. Talk about her Christmas special. She's gone way off the deep end. She's like later years Elvis at this point. She is. The only thing amazing to me, well, it is like Elvis because people still pay money to go see her perform and like line up for her, which I don't quite understand. But she's full diva, and they asked her about, they spun into a question about the Vegas shooting, and then it was like, oh, and it's ridiculous. She's laying there like in her diamonds, like on this Chase Lounge chair, all fat and everything like that, and then she, she doesn't have any answers, and they're talking about Vegas shooting. But here's my question. Isn't it like, is there really a window where like, so shameless self-promotion by all these ladies on social media everywhere else has gone on forever. Is there really a window after tragedies at which you can't like do that anymore? Like you have to show some sort of like, is there an official 72 hour period when you can't do a selfie after like a hurricane or uh, without looking like you're just, you're cold and, and don't care about people injured somewhere in the world? I have no idea. I, I honestly don't see what one thing has to do with the other. Like, what does that have to do with the Vegas shooting? No, well, not like, so with Tiffany Trump, they're like, she posted a photo of herself in her little dress with her, you know, fashion photographer. And it was like, great, you're doing designer dresses while people in Puerto Rico are drowning in filth or whatever. I think a lot of it's political, obviously, against her father. But they've done it to other, like I said, they did it to Mariah Carey. They've done it to other celebrities where, like, you know, if you, if you happen to awkwardly, by the way, a lot of these tweets are like, they're, they're on a timer. So they're scheduled ahead of time. Right. So they don't know there's going to be a shooting or there's going to be a mass, whatever, impact of a hurricane. I mean, haven't we, can't we separate the superficial from the tragedy in this world and disagree? We need to see hot chicks online all the time. And they they have to do what they do. And then uh, first responders can do what they do. Well, there's always something bad happening in the world, right? I mean, you can't be aware of everything that's going on. I mean, her being in Vegas at the, I believe at the time... But I like I also don't care what Mariah Carey thinks about the Vegas shooting. No, at she, all. She did not have a good answer. She got blasted for not having a good answer about that as well. Like I'd rather just she does what she does and I ignore it. Like I just I don't I don't know who cares about this. I guess it must be women because I think men are able to compartmentalize what they want, what they how they see other people. 
Like, I see Tiffany Trump, and I think, eh, maybe masturbation fodder every now and then. Like, on a slow evening. I see Mariah Carey, I think, oh, fat, annoying chick I can make fun of. I don't think, like, what does she think about Vegas? What does Tiffany Trump think about Puerto, the Puerto Rico relief efforts? Right. I never, that would never even cross my mind. They to probably like, don't think anything, first of all. No, and to, when they have a dumb answer, I don't go like, oh, my God, what a dumb answer to the question. Like, I don't expect them to have good answers to those questions. It's a dumb question. It's <laughs> fucking Mariah Carey. Like, so. What, uh, so there's well, she does, she does perform it. The only connection is she performs in Vegas. So she might have a, you know, you might question her about her willing, her security, her feelings of security. It says it was a concert that got shot up. Although we don't know why the concert itself got shot up. But are you, at a certain point, either you're not really good at your job because you're if, if you're going to ask Mariah Carey about anything like in the world you have to kind of pat it a little bit and you know leave, you don't just want to ask Mariah Carey like what do you think about the national debt you'll make no. her look stupid no so you know I, I, I don't know if he was picking on her because she well it was a uh, it was Piers Morgan he claims that he talked to her people ahead of time and told her he'd be asking a Vegas question which I think it's probably correct because you don't surprise Mariah Carey with anything. You know better. Everyone knows better than do that. Yeah. But she still couldn't conceive it. What's she going to do? Like, I got five minutes to come up with a good answer. Like, you know, the, the other thing is she can't sit herself up when she was laying down on the thing. I think she's too fat to move. Yeah. So she was stuck because <laughs> she couldn't do the thing. Like, I thought, like, what if they asked The Rock this? The Rock would, like, go from promoting his movie to, like, a really serious face. Mm-hmm. He'd sit up. And he'd get a really fr- a scowl on his face and, like, he's really thinking hard about it. And then provide a very soothing answer to the question. Yeah. Like, he could do that, but Mariah Carey physically can't sit up and do that. She's at a level of bloated. Yes. It's not like she's necessarily really fat. She's just, like, real bloated, which I think is something that only happens with abuse of prescription drugs. Like, ah, it's just not a way. natural look. Like, you just don't see people that look like... Like, you don't get that from drinking champagne. It's weird. It's only so weird is that she wears form-fitting dresses. <laughs> like, if she came out like in a muumu, it'd be like, and that was, that was her new look. I guess that'd be fine. But she insists on wearing. She's bloated and insists on wearing skin-tight dresses. It's just a really bad combination. I feel. I kind of feel bad when they ask women who are not intended in this world to answer questions about important things. Questions about important things. It's like I want to scream. It's not your. It's not their fault. Just let them be. What let them be. What they're here to be. It's like when they ask athletes questions. Do right. I care what LeBron James says about something? Do I care about what Steph Curry says about something? No. I do care how he performs in the playoff game. I don't care what he has to say about whatever it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's different levels. Like, I, I would care what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar... On race relations or Charles things like, yes. Barkley, maybe, to some extent, like... Yeah, uh, somebody who's established themselves as having a point of view on an issue. Yeah, like, Bono can talk about stuff, but Mariah Carey is just not no. known as being that kind of type of person. No, she's known, I don't know what she's known for. She blew Tommy Mottola. She got a gig. She got a lot of fans. She dated Derek Jeter when she was 50 pounds lighter. And that's sort of the, that's sort of the end of it. That's where we're at. Now she's, she became like a household name somehow. Um, she had a killer voice, by the way. Mariah Carey had a killer voice when she was younger. That's true. She and, was a really good singer. And she was relatively attractive and had, a, had a big fake boobs. And, you know, she had the whole thing working. It just she kind of let it all let it all slip away. Uh, Matt, another sports story for you. I know you're big on college corruption, college sports corruption, which is why you refused to play quarterback of uh, UW. <laughs> Although they begged you, they begged you to come on the team to save the the Husky tradition. You refused to play because you found college sports too corrupting. 
I was offered to play for the rugby team, and so I asked a few friends because I figured that's a good way to stay in shape. And they're like, "No, those guys just want to like kill you." And I so think they I kill you and punch you in the nuts. Didn't do that. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a good sport. Uh, the female rugby team, though, I bet was impressive. I once <laughs> sat, I once sat at a restaurant while the college female rugby team at the table next to me told their coming out stories. And I thought, like, if I imagine what a female rugby team does out to dinner, that is what I would imagine they do. Talk oh, about their lesbian, their lesbian coming out, their lesbian coming out stories. They're so, so so cliche, but I, they were all talking about how their parents didn't accept them and whatever their dad hates them now, or their mom hates them, wanted to wear dresses, and then they came out and told their mom they were lesbians. Mm. And they all went around. The table. It wasn't like a question like, "Are you a lesbian?" It was a question like, "All right, tell us your story about how you became a lesbian." WNBA would be the same thing, I think. It's a weird sport. I mean. So in college, they'll play. They'll be drinking during the game. Yes, during a sanctioned sport. Have you ever tried to jog when you were drunk? Uh, it, uh, no, I can't do it when I'm hung up. When I'm a little bit hungover, it's just it's yeah. Right. So it's it's obviously not a legitimate sport. You don't see guys in the NBA chugging beers before they go out there. They do all half of them do get pretty high before the games. I'm sure a lot of guys play that. high. Let me ask you about Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino, the Louisville coach, longtime basketball coach, very successful basketball coach. I think he coached the Knicks as well for a short time that didn't go uh, very well. Celtics, yeah. Celtics didn't go very well. Uh, but he was found finally to be too corrupt for college basketball. They offered, uh, I mean, you got to figure he's been involved in 50 scandals or more. And yeah. uh, he's, always, he's like sort of Teflon Don-ish a little bit in that it's always like his underlings who get fired. Right. He's never, it's never really touched him. He always does a thing where like, I hope this didn't go on, but if it did, they should be uh, handled. Mm-hmm. Like like he didn't know. This is like Paterno with the Sandusky thing. Like, I, I didn't know what was going on. Um, like a gambling in Casablanca? This is crazy. <laughs> they paid a kid, uh, the most recent one, 100 grand, a kid out of Indiana, high school player, to come to Louisville. Which is sad if you think about it, that a kid wouldn't just want a Louisville degree <laughs> instead of my, like a nice astronomy degree. One year of astronomy class at Louisville in lieu, in lieu, of, ca- in lieu of cash. But now he actually asked for cash, too. Uh, yeah, they. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, it's a whole web of you know underbelly, but basically the agents and shoe companies, yes. you know, pay people to steer certain kids towards their programs. It's, Actually, always, the, it's always the AAU guy who seems to be in the middle of everything. Yeah, yeah, it's the, the, the amateur, the amateur uh, under eighteen league guy who's like watched the kids since they were eight, took them out of poverty, and got them into the AAU, give them sneakers and shit. Yeah, I, I know the guy that was arrested. Um, at USC, the the assistant coach, um, I know him personally, and uh, you know it's kind of weird waking up to that that kind of news. But it's part of the job, right? I, I don't know. I don't know how prevalent it is. I mean, obviously these aren't isolated cases. Well, I mean, basketball, especially in college, there's like ten to fifteen guys in the country, high school guys that you need to have, right? Yeah. To be a national championship program, which they expect at Louisville, but you know. Patino is being paid five over five million dollars a year by Louisville, which I believe makes him ten times higher paid than the highest next person in Kentucky. Just <laughs> like five million is like thirty million in LA, mm-hmm. so he had a, a guaranteed fifty million dollar contract for Kentucky with Louisville, and that was not to like come in like seventh place in the conference. That was to win championships, which he won just three or four years ago. Although they might have to give that one back as well because they were buying hookers for all the recruits. Yes, so, which for the record, that can't possibly be illegal. It's just, it's just no, there's no way that should be illegal. And one of the hookers was pimping out her own daughters. 
Did you know that? Well, that should be illegal. That's not, not that cool. Hiring high school kids to hiring hookers for high school kids to convince them to come to your school. Did they just used to use cheerleaders? They used to use cheerleaders, right? There was a a squad. Uh, this is um, like three or four years ago. Oklahoma State, I think it was, had a welcome welcome squad of all girls mm-hmm. who showed the recruit around, recruits around, <laughs> and it turns out one hundred percent of them slept with the recruits. Of course. So they were told to encourage to do that, but I guess that was legal since they weren't paid. They were just really, really dedicated, dedicated. Just doing the Lord's work. <laughs> yeah. Well, they really liked OSU football, apparently, a lot of OSU now, basketball. I hope, and and I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know how it works, but Coach K's got to be crooked, right? Coach Mike Krzyzewski. He's really, uh, that was a good try. He's really, uh, he's really hiding it well. He's hiding it well. <laughs> this thing's going to, like, the closet's going to open up and all the skeletons are going to come out for him. Well, Patino's more like, a, a straight up gangster. He's just Vegas. He's straight Vegas. Yeah, he's not. He's not even trying to. I mean, he's hiding it, but he knows that we know what's going on. But I think his. I think although he doesn't admit it, I think these coaches know. Like you have to cheat to win, right? You have to cheat. There's no way you. If all the schools are offering money and you're not offering money under the table, you can't get the few guys you need to win, and then you lose. Yeah. So what's the benefit of that? And by the way. Everyone else is making money off this shit. You know how much money the TV contracts in the schools are making. Yeah, they're giving these kids a pretty insignificant amount of money. You know, um, I don't know what their parents are thinking because why just why risk it? You know, why taint yourself and then you go further down in the draft? But it's just one of these scandals where it's like, yeah, Patino's probably a scumbag, but I don't really see a, a victim here so much. No, um, I, don't see a, I don't see a victim at all. I think the college players should be paid. Yeah, uh, so if they can't get paid through, you know, traditional means, then they're they're going to get paid somehow, right? This is, I mean, the high school guy treats it like it's an NBA team, right? Like Louisville's an NBA team, which it essentially is. Yeah. Is he's going to go there for for two months or three months of schooling, and then basketball season he's going to leave? So I, it's funny. I remember when uh, the 49ers this year uh, in the draft they got uh, the guy out of Stanford, Solomon Thomas. And they picked Reuben Foster, the guy out of Alabama, who was uh, in trouble with, even in Alabama, he was in trouble. Mm-hmm. And he left after his sophomore, junior, or whatever it was. And they asked him, this is in April, like, what are you guys going to do before, until, the June, you know, until the June or July mini camp, the training camp, when you're, allowed to, you're not allowed to go to the NF, with your team until then? And, they, uh, and Solomon Thomas of Stanford, the kid out of Stanford, was like, well, I have to study for my finals, and I'm working on my thesis, and I really <laughs> want to make sure I get all my work done and stuff before this stuff happens. And, uh, and they asked Ruben Foster, who obviously clearly left Alabama the minute the last game was over. <laughs> like, he's like, uh, yeah, I, mean, I want to work on my shoulder and then get, my, like, get my bench press up and rehab this stuff and hit the, hit the, hit the, machine, hit the machine a lot and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it's a joke, right? I mean, these guys aren't. They're not students. Well, amateurism, you know? the NCAA was like, it's, it's literally a, a full-on conspiracy. Yes. To get free labor and to profit off of you know kids that you're not paying, like it was founded under racist auspices by people that didn't want to compete against blacks um, for obvious reasons. Um, Until there was money in having black black teams. Yeah, so it's you know it's time to get rid of the current system. And I I don't know if you know you pay the kids a percentage of the revenue that they're bringing in, or if there's just a flat rate. Um, but, you know, you should be able to, to share in those profits. And they can't hold jobs, really, either. No, they can't you know? hold jobs. They, well, they do give them fake jobs at the school. They're always checking in books at the library for, like, $25 an hour. Yeah. <laughs> they, do give them, they do give them pretty good fake The athletes pretty good fake jobs. I mean, I don't see what is so bad about going to college. I mean, 
all this shit when these guys come out about how they don't have enough to eat. That's total garbage because uh, you know they have unlimited meals. Uh, they, don't the... to, they don't have enough to feed their bitches. <laughs> well, but also just imagine they can't. They're in a business where they're not allowed to leave high school and go to work in that business. Mm-hmm. They're prevented from going to the MBA legally right now. Yeah. So it's like you know, like they have trained for one thing their entire life. They're eighteen and ready to get paid. And then the one company that is allowed to hire them is not allowed to hire them. And then Louisville comes along and says, you have to spend a year with us making us the championship team. And by the way, we're not going to pay We're going to pay you zit, zilch. You get a free year of room and board card. Yeah. And they're like, no, fuck you. I want 100 grand. You guys are making 30 million off me, 20 million or whatever they're making off me. I want 100 grand. I, I totally, that seems equitable to me. Yeah. And so I don't see why I'm surprised when this happens. But the FBI also wasn't, they don't care about this so much. They were just looking into this um, other dude who was just a, a, a con man. Yes. And they kind of stumbled into it. Um, well, the NCAA does pretty significant investigations of their, of their programs, which is the biggest joke of all, right? So they've, like in the last year, they've bounced like six programs. And they're actually taking away, it looks like they're going to take away Louisville's 2013 championship because of the hooker gate. Because the assistant coach was providing the whores to the uh, recruits that year. That's, that's just, that just doesn't seem fair. So they do, the NCAA does investigate very thoroughly. But they investigate their own corrupt little system. So I, I, I don't know. Love, free, free Rick Patino. I would love him to be my coach of my basketball team. Uh, he'll catch on somewhere else. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he will. Hi, we are blessed here on the show today to be joined by Matt Ralston. That's not the blessing. No. Uh, by Beth Bowen from Hi. Bravo's There Goes the Motherhood. Hi. Thanks for, ha- thanks for coming and thanks for letting us know what channel Bravo's on. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Matt and I often get together on Thursday nights for Bravo TV night with the guys. We watch, uh, I can't name anything on Bravo. There you there, go. There goes some motherhood. Uh, well, here's my first question for you about Bravo. Uh, as long as you're here, I've always wanted to ask somebody who's actually on Bravo. Does uh, watching Bravo make you gay? Make you gay? Yes. I'm worried about no, that. No, it makes you uh, more insightful about really? what it is that us women are interested in. Really? I'm not scared. I'm on a masculinity chart. I'm like a 10. Matt's maybe a 6. Brian's, we're not allowed to talk about. He's like village people. He's a village people score. But I'm always worried when I pass through the, the channel the Bravo, everyone's always like smiling. It's always girls, have, women having cocktails, right? right? And then some woman hits another woman. Of course. Or throws there, the wine in their face. Throws the wine in their face. And uh, then there's a reaction shot for everyone around the table. And I'm led to believe the reaction shots aren't actually at that moment when they're actually in the moment. Because they're always like, there's always a woman who has a reaction shot that's like a huge reaction shot. And I feel like I've seen the reaction shot before. So what it is, essentially, is just a normal cocktail party that all us women go to, but elevated by like times 10. Okay. Because at every cocktail party, there's always women talking about other women. Because women hate women, unfortunately. It's just the truth. Um, I knew knew it, Matt. We're getting inside already. So, yes. So our dream, I think, to is to actually throw wine on the person we don't like or despise most, but we get to see it lived out live on TV. So that's our escape. Do they literally uh, throw you just into a pile of women and then just like say, here's some drinks and they're like, hash it out? Uh, it's, uh, I would say, guided. 
you know, the intent of our conversation. We know what we're there for. But is it like, is it like, uh, I don't want to break any Bravo secrets here. Is it like <laughs> professional wrestling where they say like, Beth, see that girl over there? That's the, the chick you're going to. She's the one. In, you're the one. You're going to kick her in the shins and then she's going to call you a bitch. And then you're going to make fun of her, her old man or something like kind that. Kind of. Really? It's kind of like that. A little bit. You don't yes. get to pick out who you hate. You, you, you definitely understand what's going on and who's upset with you. It's really? definitely not a secret. So they just come right at you. It sounds like uh, everything I dreamed a, a girl fight would be like. So you get paid to like get drunk and talk shit about people. <laughs> uh, essentially, yes. That's so a do good we. Gig. So do we. Life's <laughs> <laughs> a pay part. That sounds pretty <laughs> awesome. Uh, Beth, I got a bunch of questions for you today Let's about women because Matt and I talk about women all the time and we know nothing about them. Uh, I've been married for forever. Matt has a girlfriend. We both grew up around women and yet we know absolutely nothing about women. So I don't believe that men are from Mars and women are from Venus. I used to believe wherever women are from, men don't care and they don't pay much attention to it. That's why we don't know. Jennifer Garner, I love Jennifer Garner, by the way. She mm-hmm. seems, I picked out Jennifer Garner because Jennifer Garner seems like the most down-to-earth celebrity mom right. I could think of. She does and, seem that and You're also very down-to-earth. But she's like the one to me, like she wears mom jeans. Right. You can't get more down-to-earth than wearing mom jeans. And she's like always doing sports with her kids and all mm-hmm. the stuff like that. But she and Jessica Biel and these other moms feel a need on, on social media to post a lot of photos of themselves looking really tired and really worn out and like talking about like being a single working mom, which I know you are, you right. are as well. Um, is this like a badge of honor for women to be like exhausted? Well, you know, I think they just want to also want to relate to their peers and let them know like I'm exhausted too. I mean, yes, they have the luxury of having nannies and drivers and whatever <laughs> else, which a lot of American women that we don't. And I'll have that luxury. And I think they just so want to identify and be like, you know, I'm exhausted too. They work hard. All moms work their asses off. And I just, I don't think anyone goes in saying, I'm going to give it, you know, 30%. They're like, I'm going to go all in. We're doing the best we can. And even though they're celebrities and they make a fortune and they have all these amazing luxuries that most people don't have, they're also exhausted. This must be like guys in sports because I feel like the only time I can relate to like Mark Wahlberg or someone is when they're talking about their sports teams, when they're going like, go Patriots. And if you're a Patriots fan, you're like, yeah, Mark, go Patriots. We're like, you know, we're the same. But like, don't like, here's the thing I always wonder, like, don't like women who don't, don't they get jealous of those women? And don't they say like, ah, oh, you're not working that hard? Because exactly. you say women are... Women, women hate women, yes. So isn't like, isn't like Jessica Biel, she posted like photos of how she has to eat her breakfast, her vegan breakfast sausages in the shower because she's so busy. <laughs> I don't feel sorry for her. I yeah. see that, okay, she's busy. She's basically just saying, I'm a busy mom. I get it. But it's, I'm not saying... I give her sympathy. Or I feel don't you feel like you're being played? Don't you feel like you're being played a little bit? I mean, if you're like the mom who really is working their ass off, of course. Don't you feel like you're being played a little bit by these ladies? You're like, there's women every, every Sunday. They're out by themselves pushing the stroller around, and they act, but you don't see them the other six days a week because that's a photo day. Right. What about the woman that's working three jobs, single parent? You know, basically working minimum wage jobs just to put food on the table and keep the kids going. That's the mom that I feel sorry for. I don't feel I don't think she's looking for sympathy. I think she's trying to relate. I think she just wants people to relate to her. Like, I'm tired, too. I like when, like, super, super, like, glamorous, rich celebrities act super glamorous and rich. Am I old school? I like that when they, like, go, like... Check out. Don't you want to see her like in her designer dress and like right. going out to the gala and stuff like that? Do you really want to see her disheveled in her pajamas in the morning, complaining about like 
being up all night, like making s'mores. Well, right. Well, that's why I think Gwyneth Paltrow gets so much heat for goop. They're like, oh, she's so disconnected. Well, of course she is. She hasn't lived a normal day in her life probably ever. I mean, I kind of like the bitchy women. I kind of like the bitchy women. I feel like if I was a woman like that, I'd be totally bitchy. Right. I would be selling like high end products and like go to like. Just own it. Yes. She, actually, she doesn't. Oh, she kind of owns it, I guess. There's really no one who, like, I, I don't know, maybe like the basketball wives and things like that, they own it a little bit more. Let me ask you about body shaming. I know you are uh, into fitness. Yes, I am. As you can tell, uh, Matt and I and Brian, a little bit less so, just a slightly less so than you probably. Um, Do you work out every single day? Not every single day. Oh, okay. I Uh, watch what I eat more. Diet is 80%. Is it really? It really is. Oh, man, I didn't know that. Today's my cheat day with you guys. Is it really? Nice. (laughs) Matt, do you know diet was 80%? You're kind of screwed. I've heard that, but uh, yeah, it's just really hard to... Stay with if it. you eat clean, you're good. Mm, that sounds like a lot of work. I don't know. <laughs> but, Thank you. There. But you, but you, here's the thing: you basically can't exercise unless you're like working out, like Michael Phelps, like swimming eight hours a day. Right. You can't really work out the gym four days a week to burn off enough calories to overcome a crappy diet, right? Right. It really comes down to eating clean, small portions, and sticking to it and you can't buy crap because you buy crap you're going to eat it yeah now while you're talking about that i was waiting for our pizza to come out i, I was just thinking about and that i'm excited about it I love so pizza. here's the thing so uh from women like yourself who work out all the time mm-hmm. and keep in really good shape and fit to women who are not like you uh who are uh, big beautiful women right i like the name bbw by the way there's yeah. no as matt has pointed out there's no similarity for men there's no big, beautiful men. Big, fat-ass guy. <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like, as you said, I think, Matt, before, if like Kevin James comes down a runway like in a, like a tight outfit, no one goes, like, how empowering for Kevin James. <laughs> like, it's not like, there's no one, like, there's no people applauding, you know. Like, the, you know, he's really, by the way, he is the average-sized man, especially in large parts of the country. But yeah. no one goes like, oh, finally, an average, an average guy gets to be a model or something if like that. If you have to self-apply the term beautiful, maybe you're not real confident in, in that being accurate. No. Not saying that bigger women can't be attractive, but, uh, you know, at a certain point, you, you're not, there's nothing real beautiful about flab hanging off you and being unhealthy. <laughs> well, what do you think about that, Beth? Is it okay? I mean, is it, is it healthy that we have this new thing? Probably in the last four or five years, we're like, clearly, let's say, overweight women who are models, right. uh, and some are slightly overweight, some lar- very large uh, overweight, are seen as empowering. And, and, and it's not that they're not beautiful, but it's empowering. It's like, this is the way I am, and this is the way it's okay to look, and now we're going to look beautiful as well. Uh, isn't that kind of given up? Well, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's giving up. I feel that everybody and Don't hurt yourself here. I don't want you to get slapped different- by anybody. Issues. You yeah. don't know if they have a thyroid condition. You don't know what's going on no, I psychologically. Do know, I, you don't me, know if me, they're I do know they all have, food. All, all, all say they have thyroid. Addicts. They all say they have thyroid. Thyroid, food addiction. There's yeah. a lot of things. You don't know what's going on in someone's life to to where why they are coping with food. So I am not one to judge where they're at, but if they're unhealthy and they want other alternatives. I mean, I like to help my friends out if they want to live like eating clean and I feel better when right. I eat clean. I But what do you feel about the models being like it's every L, Vogue, Cosmo, all this stuff like that, which usually featured like size zero models for years right. and years and years and probably made a lot of women anorexic. Yeah, that's not uh, healthy either. Yeah, no, no. Now they're doing the, uh, the opposite, which is they're saying like, here's a cover model who's like a size 22 and she's beautiful too. And I think that, like, if they said, like, she's beautiful, but she needs to address these issues like you're talking about, that would be one right. thing. But they're saying, like, 
you know, clap back. She's the way she's clapping back at haters. But isn't it kind of like that's not health? It's not healthy to be that heavy and to not say like I'm trying to lose weight or I'm trying to improve, because it might encourage people to sort of surrender and say like I look like her and that's just the way we are. I don't think it's giving up, and I don't think it's surrendering. I just think that it's our reality. This is the world we live in. We are a supersized nation. I mean, <laughs> thank God we <laughs> we have more alternatives for food that are terrible yes. than healthy. So it's easy. It's quick. It's on the go. I think people are overworked, overstressed, and it's easier just to grab something quick. And I don't know. I mean, I, I, I I, I'm a victim. I feel like a victim for, for sure. But who's, who's body shaming these women? Cause I, uh, I've never body shamed a woman. Well, not personally like up to their face, Matt, I don't know. Would never body shame a woman. I've never look. You go to the beach. No one's like, uh, put a uh, some clothes on, fat ass. Like that just doesn't happen. Because the, the women always have these horror stories about like uh, some guy. Some actually, they don't say some guy. Sometimes they say like some guy said this or that, and like some really horrible thing. Yeah. And I just never. I've been around for a while. I've never heard a guy like say that to a woman. Like you know, like I heard like crude things to, to women they find attractive, right. but I've never heard them say like negative, like, oh, look at that fat, whatever. I've just never heard that. You know, I think women are more cruel to other women than men are to women. Um, you That's know, kind of I, what I wanted you to admit. It's true. We are. I think women are more cruel to other women, especially if they feel threatened personally. Maybe their boyfriend's looking at them and, you know, maybe the girl is a little bit thicker, but, you know, she has the confidence to rock whatever she put on. She looked in the mirror and said, hey, damn, I look good. Well, high five to her. So clearly the girl that's body shaming the other one is feeling insecure. She doesn't feel good enough. She feels threatened by the other one. She thinks her boyfriend may be interested in that person. Maybe she feels that girl is looking for the attention and so she's going to give it to her before her boyfriend gives it to her. I wonder if like all 180 million women in the country are being body shamed. <laughs> if it really is a thing because it seems like it only came up in the last few years and it seems like it's another thing that like people like vi- a victimization if you will. Like people trying to get like attention by being victimized or being one of the women. One right. of, I'm one of you. It's a tribal thing like a gender thing. I've been body shamed therefore I can you know I can relate to you. And then a lot of times it's just really super fit women who are selling their body shame. And I'm like, I don't know who's body shaming you. I can see if right. there's a, you know, a, a large model, obese size model. Right. Probably takes she a lot can of tell shit. her story and people can maybe feel some sympathy. But, but she probably takes a lot of shit too, even from guys. But like, you know, there's always these models online. They're going, I just got body shamed. And I, or they have to show a little bit of cellulite or they show <laughs> their, you know, their one little scar, like a birthmark. And they get applauded by 10,000 women and go like, oh, you showed your birthmark. Like, That's ridiculous. I, I don't. I and don't not get... to mention the the bragging. Like I'm fine yes. with positivity, but it's like, check out this extra fat I have yes. on my gut, and it's like I have cellulite. Yeah, it's like okay. Well, I'm just a, like you. There's nothing yeah. wrong with having cellulite. Everyone has some cellulite, but right. it's not like the more cellulite you have, the more awesome you are. Like it's no. not an accomplishment. It's not a war wound necessarily. Maybe the pregnancy marks are a little bit, but the cellulite isn't really like a. It's not a kinder war wound. You didn't really earn the cellulite. It was like you did something brave. It's harder to, you know, be in shape and and care about yourself than to gain cellulite. I mean, let's be honest. Beth, I want to ask you uh, before we go today about uh, something you may or may not know about, but there's a rash of female teachers in this country. So, uh, yeah, by the way, you were a cheerleader in high school. Yes, I was. Okay, that's nothing to be ashamed of. 
<laughs> and class president. And cl- oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. Sophomore. Oh, my God. I'm, I, Matt, would you have hated Beth in high school? No, I think we would have gone along. Really? Yeah. Even though she was class president, did you do all the spirit rally stuff and oh, pass yes. out the stuff and the, the and colors? Made the speech. Yes. And then taunt everybody for not having enough pep and spirit? I don't like being taunted. Them. I would <laughs> probably <laughs> encourage them. I don't like being I was taunted. All about high school. I don't I like the it. cheerleaders were so well. Maybe you'd follow into the situation. Uh, so these female teachers, uh, there's a rash of female teachers being arrested now. When going to the point of going to jail, they're all going to jail now for uh, having sexual relations uh, with uh, male st- high school Disgusting. students. Yes, right. It's disgusting. I never liked male high school students even when I was in high school. <laughs> and uh, but it's it's just it seems to be going. It's a big thing now. And these are not like uh, what you might call ladies who don't look like they could get dates. A lot of them are married, attractive young ladies with kids. They seem very sociable. There's something going on this in their psyche. There's something not right. Yeah, I'm assuming the teenage boys haven't changed through time. Of course they've not. always been teenage boys, and they've always been willing to sleep with their hot teachers. Right. That probably hasn't changed since the beginning of well, fuck anything, really. <laughs> well, I mean, they're, they're not going to be the ones to say no. Right. So what's changed is, and I assume women, teachers probably used to flirt a little bit, whatever. What's really changed now is they're just getting into full-on relationships with these kids. It's despicable. And even knowing they're likely to get caught and, and ruin their families and go to jail... And uh, what, what's driving women? You're like in the you 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 are sort of in this age range of the female teachers who are going after the high school boys. I, first of all, it, I I don't understand it at all. I've always dated older because even when men are older, they're always more immature than women. Yeah. So if I date five years older, I'm kind of dating an equal, okay. possibly. Okay. So I don't understand how a woman could actually see somebody who's not even an adult and what they would look for. What what could be the attraction or the motivation behind that? And it's and it's such an abuse of power. Uh an yeah, authority. Yeah. Boys don't seem to complain that much. Although it is, I guess But it's still abuse. I mean it's, it's, it's abuse. It's, it's, a, it's, it's criminal. It's criminal. Certainly not criminal. Not only just criminal, but I mean what is going on in that child's head that their teacher, who is an authority figure, is crossing lines? It's confusing. It, it's got to mess them up. Yeah, I'm not down with that. I think they're just <laughs> thinking, I want to I wanna, uh, bust a nut on my teacher. Yeah, I, think I think they're thinking that they're very lucky fellows. I mean, I have to really be honest there. I mean, there are some kids who, I mean, when, these are not like, well, some cases are younger boys. These are like mostly 16, 17, even 18-year-old, like, you know, kids. Uh, well, football players and stuff like that. I think they're probably just feeling like they hit the lottery. But they're still not like <laughs> cool guys. Like, I don't have kids, I don't hang out with teenagers very often. But when I do, I'm like, this 16-year-old boy is like, this guy has no idea what he's doing. I mean, it, it's... No, there's clearly a know? power relationship going on there. Right. So these women clearly like the fact that they're in charge of everything and they're making all the decisions and maybe that's what they don't have in their lives. But I actually blame social media. I hate social media. Uh, these, uh, from investigating these cases, they all start on social media with like flirting and photos and all that stuff like that. And you get a very inappropriate, and then it gets more inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And there's no one to stop you, really. Well, where the bound? Where are the boundaries? Boundaries are being crossed left and right. They shouldn't have access to any teacher. Should not have a public account. Period. And you shouldn't be friends with any students, not even their parents. I think you should have a completely like separate life. I was thinking, like, in the old days, uh, when I came up, if a teacher, a teacher wanted to, like, hit on a kid, they had to go to their house, knock on the door, <laughs> and go, like, is your son home? Uh, yeah, like, 
I was thinking I would have sex with them in the car. <laughs> They're always in the car, by the way. It's always sex in the car, which is just, uh, that seems really, it seems fine for high school boys. That seems really inappropriate once you get past a certain age. And uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, there's no reason, like, uh, why a 35 year old woman should be having sex in the back of an Isuzu. Uh, <laughs> But uh, but the, the social media leaves a very false sense of intimacy, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're flirting, and there's no like I said, the lines get crossed really, really fast. Right. Just like people blurt out shit on on Twitter that they don't they feel bad about saying later on. Right. There's no one to actually literally stop you. Like you're in your house by yourself, and it's late night, and you're just writing stuff that comes to your mind. And next thing it's you know, dangerous. you're yeah. Next thing you know, you're flirting with your 16 or 17 year old student, and then he's like paying, flattering you, and then you're sending and like there's some, also like a generational gap where like the kids they know how to like do this shit and yes, cover it up true. That's true. and they have like uh, uh, I can't remember the thing but they have ways that you can't trace what they're saying teacher is like 30 thinks they're hip isn't really is using Snapchat thinking no one has a record of this when yes. it, you know it's all it's all there it's all accounted for so. right and I also believe that women cannot actually uh, I don't believe women can have sex with anybody without telling another friend so I just believe that they're telling like I, a, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree. yeah, right. <laughs> we do tell our friends everything. Like the creepy guys, the creepy teacher guys, or whatever the, the guys who are sleeping with the girls. Oh, they'll, they'll never say anything. They, they, no, they'll they take that to the grave. Yeah, they they live in the back of their van and they won't talk to a single soul. <laughs> like they could, it could. You see these stories like they go on for twenty years. Like the the guy, the te- the art teachers and like that, and he just never spoke to a single. He didn't have any friends to begin with, right. but he didn't like talk to his friends about what he was doing. But the female teachers, the minute they kind of like hook up with an underage kid. They're telling their girlfriends, like, oh, like, the captain of the football team and I are like, I'm like, really? That's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's going to impress a 35-year-old woman. <laughs> I, maybe some oh, of them man, are, the captain. Maybe some of you know, women can't. I, I already had, like, six touchdowns yeah. last year. <laughs> it's, um, a, it's a, do you ever feel a desire to relive high school? Never. No? I lived, I lived it, I think, to the highest expectation I think I had for myself. So, for me, I'm satisfied with... My natural progression through life <laughs> out of adolescence. Like you were into, happy to get out of high school. You're ready to yeah, move on. I yeah, I was ready. And I, I loved high school, but there's no way I'd want to go back to those years. I think with all the communications now they have, like the teachers feel like they're back in high school because they're actually right. literally in high school every day for their jobs. And they're among the students and they're relating to them on, on Twitter and, and Snapchat. And they're like sending funny things back and forth and gifts and stuff like that. It starts like that. Well, maybe I feel so. It could be... A second chance for them. Maybe they had some terrible high school experience and now they're the cool teacher and it's confusing for them and boundaries are being crossed because the cool kids like them. Who knows what's going on in their mind, but it's clearly uh, inappropriate. Could Could there be an element of, so like teachers when, like even before I was in school, but you know, like back in the day, they were very authoritarian. Like this guy's a weird dick or this nun you know smacks you with a ruler like right. you know and now it's like uh like parenting has become more like the kid is your buddy and like they kind of run shit like when i was a right. kid uh i didn't pick what movie we went to i didn't pick right. what restaurant we went to <laughs> right i hung out with my dad in the hardware store while he did whatever he was doing roaming the aisles and buying shit you know to fix the house and that was like me that was my right. uh Chuck E. Cheese playing with the plungers and the pliers and shit. And now the teachers are like, you know, we, I want to get on the kids' level and I want to be cool with the kids. And yeah. if you've ever like worked in a school, you know that doesn't actually work. They don't respect you. No. Boundaries. Um, but isn't is that part of it? Just that the teachers are trying to like get down with the kids on the same level. They're hanging out with them now, on, and it's not in person because people find that weird. But like, 
like I said, on, on social media, they're yep. talking to them at night. Right. Like on sharing pictures. And it starts, it could just start with funny, funny memes and stuff like that. And then next thing you know, they have like a relationship with the kid. And then, of course, he's a young guy and she's a woman and it leads to, you know. So are there yeah, rules tough. in schools against like, even if it's benign, like messaging kids on Facebook? Just like, hey, how's it How's it going? Well, you know, with kids, they, the teachers communicate with the kids a lot through social media, though. They have account, like classroom accounts and stuff like that. Well, email's always been around. I mean, they've always had a way to access a teacher through email. But they'll have like Shutterfly accounts mm-hmm. or other accounts yes, where they're they sharing do. like photos. photos. So it's like they do kind of, they do, the teachers do kind of communicate with the kids on social media. So I don't, when I went to school, every teacher seemed to be over 60 years of age. <laughs> they were always like for generations, they were just always, I don't know where the young ones came from. They must have hit them until they were 60. <laughs> I don't know. There was not a single teacher I can think of that I would have liked hitting on me. It just would have been really, like, even if it was a lot of female teachers, but it was just, they all seem to be, like, old school marms, and I just assume mostly lesbian, because my great aunt was one. And uh, she, was a, she was a gym teacher before I knew what a lesbian meant, that she just used to say gym teacher. And uh, but Matt, I don't think there were hot young women teachers in your school, Matt. We had one in uh, our school uh, that was just like that like she wanted to be involved with like the prom stuff what do you call it like the homecoming yeah, stuff yeah. that no one even cared about because <laughs> that was just a generational thing. we just didn't give a shit about that um, uh, but no one ever had sex with her that you know of but it was weird it, <laughs> was, it just wasn't you it was different because you could tell she clearly like wanted to be back in high school she was probably popular in high yeah. school she was cute or maybe wasn't or maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, it's the ugly duckling. Later, yeah, like in the yeah. movies when they take it's the glasses, the they take the glasses off, and all of a sudden it's it's a hot actress, nerd revenge. <laughs> she was had, just had bad hair, and they did her hair and took her glasses <laughs> off. Next thing yeah. you know, it's like the ugly duckling becomes a princess. Were you the uh, homecoming queen? Homecoming. Wow, uh, wow. What did you win? Homecoming, homecoming what? princess. I was. Yeah, I cheered, and then I was class president freshman sophomore year. Did you kill anybody? I did not. Like any other cheerleaders? Like cheerleader no. death? Did you have a mm-hmm. rival? Did you have a rival? Yes, Clovis West High School. Uh, did, no, no, you personally. Oh, me personally, yes. A female yes. rival in the school. Yes. Like a, the, 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 I'm you, sure there's a few that hated me. I don't know why, though. I was nice to everybody. <laughs> uh, no, they hated you. They hated you. That's okay. You got, re- you got revenge on them. Uh, Beth, uh, look, yeah. can you tell me about the Bravo show? Uh, there goes the, the motherhood. motherhood. What's happening with it? Because I know our uh, audience... It doesn't look like we're going to come back for a second season, but I have other things in the works, so I'm excited about... And where can people find you on the stre- social media? On, see, I know where you can, hate social can, media. No, where but- can 16-year-old boys find you on social media? <laughs> Hopefully they're not 16. Um, I am Beth Bowen at um, on Instagram and Facebook, Beth Bowen. And I am on Twitter, but I never tweet. But mainly Instagram, I am Beth Bowen. Snapchat? Periscope? Nope. Uh, nope. Bumble? Bumble nope. something or other? Nope. There's too many. <laughs> Come on, Brian. That was a good one, right? <laughs> stumble upon... Stumble upon Anything that sounds kind of kind of weird. Uh, well, who is your who is your core audience, and do you uh, interact with them on social media? I do a lot of moms, yeah. a lot of other moms, um, women. I would say from like twenty five to forty five. Yeah, we have we you have a lot of great mom advice. I'm I'm certain that uh, I just couldn't bear to have Matt sit here while you're giving mommy advice. <laughs> Matt's desires to go through life without producing children, so or at least children he has to take care of. Uh, so he uses the fake. He uses the fake name. He uses the fake name a lot. But I, I appreciate it, and I actually would watch the show if it was on the second season, uh, because I think one thing it was just weird. But uh, having had th- uh, three kids of my own, uh, a lot of moms, especially in Los Angeles, don't have their moms around or their family around, 
And what I remember from when they first had kids was they all seemed really lost. Yeah. There was like a deer in the headlight looks. For the, and I, like in the old days, it was like, you know, you had the mom and the aunt around and a lot of women had grown up being babysitters right. or having little siblings they took care of and they had a baby and it was like, snap, they snapped right into it. And now I just remember a picture of like 20 women who just had no clue what the hell they were. They had a baby in their arms and had no clue. <laughs> Literally, we had a book. Tough. We had a book. <laughs> and I got home and I was like, uh, my wife and I looked at each other and just like, oh, he's crying. Like, what do we do now? And like, I had a book and I went to the index, baby crying. <laughs> I had never literally held a child in my arms before that wow. time. And I don't know that my wife had either, really. Yeah. So it was just kind of, they sent you home from the hospital, just kind of like, and yeah, they, we have no family. It was like, what, what do you do? So I actually, much as I make fun of it, I actually appreciate that there's people like you providing advice to people. And they said 80% of parents now are getting advice from YouTube. Oh, wow. Parenting advice from YouTube. So, so are you going to try and do the uh, second season on another platform? I, I would love to work on another show. So um, just because it looks like we're not going to be coming back for a second yeah. season. So who, by the way, who, before we let you go, who's your biggest rival on the show so we can have her on? And, and hear oh, shit, Jen. Have her talk shit about you. Yeah, have Jen come on. She would love it. She's New Yorker. Is she really? She's Staten Island. Oh, she's East Coast. You're West Coast? Yes. It, it, was, never, it was never going to work out. It's a biggie two-part you, uh, you guys were all probably head cheerleaders of your schools, right? I don't think Jen cheered. Really? Yeah. Uh, you can't trust a girl doesn't cheer. Right. Like that. Beth, say, thank you so much for being on Last Man Podcast. You brought a little grace and dignity to the show today. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Uh, Matt, uh, we got an email about uh, a semen-covered flutes. That's right. I said semen-covered flutes. So, was it you that was telling me about this and I just ignored it? Yes, it was, it was me. But Ian, Ian actually wrote an email. Uh, regarding the dirty semen flute guy, and I can explain that, aren't we at a point where we must know all men who volunteers at schools and libraries are horrible pedophiles? Oh, that's right. I saw this. So yeah. there was a guy in L.A., Cal- Southern California, visited schools, and I think you and I talked about this. There used to be these, like, cultural or, you know, whatever people who would volunteer to do program- assemblies at schools, usually elementary school, sometimes middle school, and they'd come in and teach about a new culture or a new tradition or a foreign land or something that was educational and allowed the teachers to go smoke for an hour. That was as far as I could tell. And they, they set it up like it was a big thing, you know, but they, everyone knew it was just so that all the teachers could take a break. Like, who books those, by the way? Did some guy just cold call the school and be like, I want to show up? And Well, they have to fill out forms and talk about their program. And this guy, his, his thing was flutes around the world. It sounds great. And it was flutes like around flutes, the world. flutes around the world. Uh, you can't look it up because they've taken down everything online for incriminating evidence. So his thing was he goes to like third world nations and they, the kids make flutes with peace symbols and symbols of their lands about peace and world, world peace and stuff like that. And then they share them with the kids presumably in, in America where they're in the first world. And they connect, they connect that way through these very bright colored flute recorders. They're just honestly were PVC pipes with holes punched in them. So the kids in foreign nations are making the flutes? Well, no? they, make, they pass out like one to the kid in the foreign land. They pass out like a similar one to the kid in America. Uh, so the kids are connected by their... They like go online and look at the... No, can't do any of that shit. Okay. This is just a pedo, a big pedo setup, Matt, just so you know. <laughs> it's cool. But I can see how the school district go like, oh, it's very progressive. It's very like teaching about like, you know, the kids in the third world are the same as you kids. And we all play the flute together. It had a very charitable component to it. He passed out the flutes to the kids in the school. And he's not getting paid for this, or he is? No, not getting paid for this. Okay, well then, red flag. <laughs> yes, sure, red flag. It turned out uh, he went to 14 schools in Southern California recently, and I don't know how they found out, but they discovered that he had jizzed all over the flutes before passing them out to the kids. Not like right in front of them, but behind the scenes. 
And the kids, this was obviously his, fet- his weird pedo fetish. Uh, don't listen, kids, here. And, uh, <laughs> but how sinister is that that he set up this whole organization, sets up, goes in the, gets himself. Think about it. A teacher, like a, a pedo, a pedophile couldn't get into school that easily. So he basically like figured out a back door, no pun intended, into the children to get off on the kids. And he yeah. was welcomed right in. Welcomed right in. But so Ian wants to know, isn't like at what point do we understand that like middle-aged guys with brightly colored flutes who are doing presentations for free for fourth grade kids are 100%, not just 99, but 100% uh, child molesters? I could have told you that. I mean, yes. if I had a kid in the school, I'm sure, I'm, you know, I doubt they run it by the parents, but I'd be like, uh, no, I'm not comfortable with this. He's going to sit this one out. Because, <laughs> right. you know, just what, think about what your motivation is as a middle-aged dude to want to hang out with kids for any real reason whatsoever, unless you're related to them, uh, even in which case, you know, it depends on the activity. But Especially a straight man, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I mean, maybe a gay man has some, there was a, uh, you know, there were some gay male teachers I remember at kids' schools, and that seemed semi-normal. But like a straight dude, like hanging around like little kids all day long, it just seemed awfully. It seems awfully strange to me. Well, the quality of the person, uh, and they're always know. super. They're always extremely nice, by the way. Of course. Yeah, I remember Grizzly Man uh, Timothy Treadwell, the yes. grizzly bear guy. He used to go to schools and talk about bears, but he didn't know anything about bears. I'm just saying the bar is pretty low. It's extremely low. It's like, can you pass a background check? And by the way, when they do, when they say that these people have all passed background checks. What they mean is they have no obvious criminal record of you know, felony record. Yeah, they don't like you know the, the Vegas shooter passed a background check. I mean, it's not there's that talk about low bars. That just means yes, you haven't been arrested for jizzing on flutes in the past. That would be like, yeah. well, he did he did used to put cover his flutes and semen, but I'm sure he's not doing that anymore. So he can, he can come see us. And we did have guys that would show up. You know, it was usually like they were a minority of some sort. They wanted to, like, teach people about their culture. Would this be the Eskimos, Matt? Well, in Alaska, yeah, this would be Eskimos for the most part. Um, Athabascans, maybe. But, uh, you know, that's not just like that's not just like a, a side interest. Like, that's, that's sort of like their life and their culture. It's not just like I had this idea to, like, make flutes, <laughs> which is... To make cheap flutes. To tell you they came from, uh, like, Sumatra, from Port Children in Sumatra, which, by the way, they just came out of my van in the back. Well, yeah, I mean, dude, a PVC, you could buy, you know, 10 feet of that for, what, five bucks or something. All right, kids, let me show you how to blow those flutes now. Oh, yes, blow those flutes. So hopefully they arrested the guy, right? Yeah, well, he was arrested. They won't release his name for fear of him being murdered, I suppose. Uh, but as far as I can tell, this whole organization, so, he's, so what do you do? You set up a social media account. He set up a social media account that showed like the flutes and like hello from Indonesia or whatever, and like with no obvious sign that he was anywhere in the world except for like in his LA area home making this shit. And then the people like it because, oh, yeah, we're passing up flutes. And then the school district says, oh, this is what a wonderful thing, you know, multicultural, whatever. And then actually, you know, he's had 14, 14 schools passing out. There's a you know, middle aged man passing out flutes to like, you know, eight year olds. It's like going like, <laughs> it's like, it's such an obvious, like, it's almost like genius. A mastermind genius bit of, uh, you know, you hate to say in, in crime, just like, you know, again, like the Vegas guy. It's almost like a, a superior plan of an evil person. Yeah, that he, he, and he, he fooled him. So, yeah, he thought it out. He really thought, thought, it, thought out. it out. And then he went to the, he went to the, went to the flutes. Just, I would just ban all men. Any, any man should be banned from any elementary school. Just completely. Yeah. There's still going to be some female 
fucked up females, but it's such a smaller percentage. Well, maybe a guy that is like on YouTube, this guy has 10 million hits of him doing this motivational speech. Like, you know, that guy's probably safe enough. Yeah, right? as long as he's not passing out the things you put in your mouth. <laughs> they are essentially just hiring random dudes off the internet. This could be anyone, and you know, as we found out, it's pretty much the worst case scenario. Here's what I do: I make uh, long phallus-shaped objects, and then I has, pass them out to eighth-grade girls and, and wa- eight-year-old girls and watch them blow on them. That's my that's my assembly. You know what's crazy too is, I mean, how much time is that guy going to do? Half a year? No, 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 no. He's going to get a lot. You're talking about the old days. They, uh, this guy's going away forever. So, I don't know. His, but the world of the flutes around the world may continue, may be picked up by somebody else in, in that in that tradition. Uh, Matt, I know you're a big Dan Bilzerian fan. Oh, he's sort of you're like I actually was forced because he was in the news this week. I was forced to go read his wiki page again. Mm-hmm. I did not realize a couple of things. One, I didn't realize he was a trust fund kid. Oh uh, yeah, he claims that his, he never got any money. No, he so was, he's a liar. Yeah, he seems to. He and his fa- brothers and sisters seem to be uh, trust fund kids. Uh, his claim about being the seals seemed to be about an hour when he tried out for the seals. Yeah, he, got, sure. he got rejected from being in the seals. Like, how, do you think trying out for the seals is, is there like is it like football where they have that one day when like just regular people can come and try out for like the Raiders and like those fat slobs show up and try out just for community efforts? Is that is that what it is? I'm like, do you have to? reach any threshold to try out for the seals well i think you probably have to pass like a physical first i'm assuming so you can't you probably have to fall within a certain weight was the tiger was going to try out for the seals or something yeah he can try i'm pretty sure what the tryouts entail are dudes who think they're tough just tapping out left and right until there's very few guys left this is a question from sarah about dan bilzerian so he was at the uh, at the concert during the vegas shooting and, of course, he took a selfie of himself running away from the shooting, talking about how a girl just got her shot in the head or her head blown off and stuff like that. Um, and she writes, Dan Bilzerian runs away from shots in Vegas while filming himself. Does that make him a total phony or just about exactly who you thought he was? And the follow-up question, why would anyone idolize somebody via, like Dan Bilzerian via social media in the first place? Well, I can't really answer that. I guess it's kind of a spectacle because you're like, this guy's a buffoon. Um, you know, who's, who's, he's in his late thirties, you know, he's doing like what a 16 year old kid would do if they, which is hire chicks to hang out with him in a hot tub. Um, uh, so far. So I don't mind what you said so far. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> so far. That sounds pretty good. If I was a, a trust fund kid in my late thirties, I would, I would grow a kick-ass beard and just hire girls well, to be in my hot tub. It's not cool if you have to pay them. Yeah, that's less cool. But Although so, that would bother me not all that much. Yeah, I, I if I had a lot of money, would you throw porn stars off a roof into a pool? Uh, no, that wasn't. That wasn't. He doesn't seem to have accomplished much in his life. But here's a real question: like, so he ran. Everyone's like, they had like a you know a special forces guy making fun of him on TV because he ran away from the, the, the action. You, you know, you're not you're technically not supposed to run away from the action when people are being wounded. Why not? Uh, because you're supposed to be a hero. You're supposed to be supposed it, to be like a human shield or something. Well, no. If you claim to be Dan Belzerian, you were like this. He, ta- he touts his manliness and his almost being a seal and some other shit like that. You're not supposed to be taking selfies, running away, like screaming on <laughs> on Instagram. So, as far as I understand, he went back to get a gun and then like brought the gun back. But at first, he wasn't packing. Is that right? Well, these are his stories. So I think his. I think what really happened is he ran away. But took the time to take a selfie of himself while he was while he was running away. 
I mean, there's no way. There's no. First of all, running away looks bad. Even if it's like you and I would run fucking as far as we could. Yeah. If I heard gunshots and I wasn't taking care of somebody else with me, I would run. As, if people ran like five miles. Like literally, people ran five miles away from the scene. That's exactly what I would do. And I don't think I can run more than two miles on a good day. I would make it five miles. By the way, they all went to the Hooters Hotel. That's exactly where I would have gone to. It's <laughs> like like two miles away from the Hooters Hotel. Well, what what? I guess I'm not understanding. There's a dude sniping from the 23rd floor. Yeah. What is Dan Bilzerian? I don't like Dan Bilzerian. What's he supposed to do? What is he supposed to do? Well, one thing you could do is not take a selfie, not take a video of yourself. So therefore, you could create a nice story around all the shit you did. So that's dumb. That's just stupid, right? If he had not taken the selfie, he could have talked about helping. I mean, everyone's, there are a lot of people who did obviously help people. And I assume a lot of people who just lied and said they helped a lot of people. He could have been one of those guys. I didn't watch his video. Was he, he was it's just only like, like a seven-second clip where he's running away. Like, this is crazy. Some girl just got shot in the head. This is, uh, you know, and he's clearly running. With the phone, with the cell, with the camera, you know, his phone facing. I would say that's probably the type of thing you should not do, especially because, you know, there were people, you know, helping other people that were wounded and whatnot. I mean, you could take cover and help. You could do lots of things. I mean, you're not supposed to just run out in the middle of gunfire. Well, the fact think. that would, it would occur to you to, like, do a live, like, to yes. think about your Instagram account yes. at that point means you're fucking psycho. There's no, well, you're, that means that's the most important thing in your life. That's, that's all you got. Yeah, that's what you got. And you're used to doing that no matter what happens. So there's no way to look good. It's like all those people who take the, the, the selfies in front of like the Holocaust Memorial or when there's been like a fire. There was that gas fire in like in Manhattan and like people got killed. And like people came up with their selfies with the background of the burning building behind them as people are literally like burning to death in the building to like say they were there. Yeah. It's just that stuff's got to stop. But I mean, here's a real, I mean, the real question was that second part, which is like who sees, who builds these guys up to be heroes in their minds? Like, ahead of time, such that they're disappointed when they just act like losers in times of stress. I don't know. I thought Dan Bilzerian was, like, celebrated for being a total dork. Like, <laughs> I didn't know that he had people following him that were like, this guy's gun collection is awesome. Well, he talks about gun. He talks about, he talks about himself like an ex-military guy would. He talks about himself like he's a special ex-special forces guy. Yeah. He talks about his guns and defense and, be, you know, taking, being in charge of things and being prepared for shit and being a man and... All that stuff. And, of course, like most people, like at least my, speaking for myself, not Brian, who would have rushed into the Mandalay, laid a few bets, <laughs> maybe a few bets before taking care of business. You got to do some sports betting. <laughs> By the way, I want to do, do my new slogan for Vegas, which is way too soon. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas because now you're dead. Too soon? Too soon? No? Yeah. By the way, I'm still looking forward to going to Vegas. None of the shit would stop me forever from going to Vegas. So, although I would not probably attend an open-air country music festival in Vegas before, before or after a shooting, that, wouldn't, that would not occur to me. Yeah, I don't know. We still, there's a lot of answers we don't have. I, you know, you can just reload the same gun or two. Like, why do you need... Oh, you're going with multiple gunmen conspiracy? No, I'm not. I just don't understand... Um, you know, I so if you play your music too loud in the uh, in the Mandalay, yes, someone's probably going to come from security, knock on your door. I mean, when you're busting out those windows, I mean, maybe just no one was around. I'm not I'm not going with a conspiracy thing on this. I'm just saying there's some shit to me that doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, there seems to be a general lack of security because I'll tell you this: I've stayed at the Mandalay Bay before for a bachelor party, and I could not for the life of me get a exotic dancer upstairs to the room <laughs> like try as I may there is security stopping all the professional women from going upstairs 
But somehow this guy got 10 suitcases full of ammo and automatic weapons upstairs without really anybody asking a single question. Uh, he didn't leave his room for four days. He would not allow anyone in his room for four days. And, you know, because obviously they would have seen he had 23 weapons in there and, and fucking tripods and mounts and all in boxes and boxes of ammunition, which would have been spotted. So, And also the crazy thing is he has no motive. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's, I think he's just not. I think he's just nuts. You're gonna find out he's nuts. So, as, as it comes out, they're always like, he has no motive. It'll come out. There was something. He was just fucking crazy. Yeah, I'm not going there. But if you know Sheldon Adelson, you know, if this gets turned into, we need this major contract to uh, install. Oh, yes, conspiracy metal detectors in every casino now, and it's just somehow granted. But I, I don't know. So you think he has like a debt to the mob, the Vegas mob, and they forced him to do a shooting to. Uh, for some sort of a billion-dollar contract or something? I think that in theory and in practice, I'm not saying it happened this time, that you can train someone to be a Manchurian candidate and, like, brainwash them. But wouldn't they lose? Wouldn't the Vegas people lose a lot more money by having a mass shooting than they would by... They're going to lose a shitload of money over that, the loss of tourism, whatever it's going to be. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm not buying it, but I, I will... Uh, do my due diligence in looking into it. I like that there's no, there's no, nothing in this guy's background to show that he is, uh, there's nothing to show that he's like insane or connected to anybody. First of all, he has no social media footprint, which in itself is very weird to have like no pictures of yourself anywhere online. Yeah. That's sort of odd. Uh, he owned, he has lived in 27 different residencies, residences in the last 20 years. That's also sort of odd. <laughs> But he was like a real estate investor, I believe. Uh, Still odd. Or grift or grifter. <laughs> uh, he was laying he was laying down ten thousand dollar bets at a time in, in casinos. This is not a normal guy. That's what I don't get. What kind of accountant has money to gamble twenty k in a night? Well, he was also a postal carrier. To me, says crazy. He was also a postal. I carrier. saw that this morning. So yes. that's you know now we're getting somewhere. Yes, a red, a red flag. The only thing we don't really know is why he shot up the actual country. If there, the country music festival itself had some significance to him. Although they said, they, again, these are all rumors coming out, that he may have been targeting another concert the week before, which was a Chance the Rapper and somebody else event that was taking place in Vegas. Mm. So that was his initial target, and Mandalay Bay, was this, he had to follow up on that second. So it seemed like he was sort of arbitrary about that. Uh, so, Matt, you're going to thumbs down on Dan Bilzerian's uh, reaction, to, uh, reaction <laughs> to tragedy. Huge thumbs down on his entire personality. I it's hard to idolize. For me, it's hard to idolize. I do actually idolize guys who get a lot of girls. In a way, like Leo DiCaprio, in a way, and, uh, and George Clooney's other guys who have like supermodel girlfriends. I idolize them a little bit, I will admit. But Bill Zarian does seem like he's trying a lot harder than those guys. Yeah, he's just a cornball. And I don't know. Going on, I heard him on some podcast and he was talking about how he like built his business up from his bare hands and shows like, yeah, shut what? the hell up. Because no one that does that acts like you do. No. <laughs> you know? I kind of like the beard and I do kind of like that he threw the porn star off the roof. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty cool thing to do. I mean, the fact that he thought he could throw her, that he was strong enough to throw her all the way into the pool and missed is still kind of funny. Still kind of funny. He threw her off, and then because porn stars have no sense of self-worth, she sued him only for the medical damage to her yes. foot. Yes. And then he got his lawyers on that that was like, no, 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 we're not going to pay for that, which is... It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty despicable. But they have a Bilzerian move where you're actually going to throw a woman off the roof and say, "Don't worry, I'm strong enough to throw you like the eight feet into the pool," and to come up short, <laughs> and the girl hits the ground. She didn't die, so it's like still kind of funny. It's still kind of funny to me. Yeah, she <laughs> so just hurt her foot. He's such an ultimate idiot that that's exactly like in, when you're drunk in high school, like at 16, that would kind of make sense. 
But you're a grown adult. That just makes no sense. It would make sense to want to throw someone into a pool, yes. I suppose. It would not make sense to volunteer to be the person that's thro- being thrown into a thing that's surrounded by really hard concrete. But you're suggesting her life of, of double anal penetration may have let her have a little lower self-worth mm-hmm. than your average, like, say, uh, professional woman. Well, I think he did pay her to do it. So, I mean, if I had a choice between <laughs> doing <laughs> porn or being thrown off the roof. Being by a, a, a bottom in a porno and getting thrown off a roof. Yeah, I'd probably go with the roof for the same amount of money. The roof seems like it might kill you. All right, our final segment today, uh, what has my panties in a bunch? And this sounds kind of obscene now, but it's uh, the rape of, of kids again, man. I like talking about the rape of kids mm-hmm. uh, because I think nobody really cares about it so much. The flutes around the world being one example. So Roman Polanski, I know you're a huge fan of Polanski. Not his work necessarily, but his personal life. I do like some of his movies, and apparently uh, other people do too because, you know, they're still... Oh, I like Taking a number. He, like, he made a number of really good movies. Yeah. Uh, but he did also seems to have raped a lot of young girls. I thought it was just one. No, it was one. Now, others are coming out. Uh, women are coming out. Uh, I guess what happened was the mom of the girl that he raped in, in Jack Nicholson's hot tub. And by rape, I mean he gave her quaaludes and champagne and then stuck his dick in her ass. And she was 13 years old. It would be rape in the true sense of the <laughs> yes, word. Yes. Even though her mom dropped her off to be with Polanski in the hot tub to do a photo shoot with Polanski, like... Here's my 13-year-old daughter. I'll be back in three hours. Like, yeah. Go do your intimate photo shoots. Oh, did you bring champagne? Well, he probably also told her to leave immediately. The mom? Yeah. I believe the mom just le- just dropped her off. I think there was some like, you don't, I think it was like 40 at the time or in his early 40s. You don't drop your 13-year-old daughter off at Jack Nicholson's house to, to do a photo shoot with uh, Roman Polanski and leave. There's absolutely no, there's no reason why mom would leave. The mom's got some explaining to do. Yeah, so the mom recently said that she had forgiven Polanski or was not, whatever it was. The mom and the daughter has before and said she just wants it all to go away, doesn't talk about it in terms of the extradition and stuff. So I guess people got upset. Some of these ladies in their 60s who now say that Polanski raped them when they were young teenage girls uh, have now come forward and said that he, they were young models or they were young actresses and he also had sex with them when they were like 13, 14, 15 years old. It seems, I would say that they were like, more sort of opportunistic and coming out 40 years later if not for the fact that he already admitted in court to actually sodomizing the one 13 year old girl in the hot tub that kind of puts you on the list of yeah you probably did other girls yeah, this as well. doesn't seem too far out of his character at this point no he actually I mean he admitted in, in a court to he pled guilty to the original charge I don't know if you know what happened in that case but he he had pled guilty because they dropped it down to like you know sexual bothering or whatever it was going to be like Six months, he's going to get like two months in jail, and he, then they went back, and they the, the DA was so embarrassed by the fact they had marked it down that they're going to go back for like two years in jail, and that's when he fled the country. Right after he pled guilty, so he actually pled guilty to the to what happened. It wasn't in dispute, but here's what happens: no one seems to care about kid rape. So Polanski, they still do tributes to Polanski in Hollywood. They're still talking about you know great as new movies are. They still like sort of downplay his crimes, which are clearly sex crimes against children. And I, I think it's Hollywood, but I think it's a lot of America, but Hollywood in particular doesn't seem to give a shit about, like, kid rape. It just seems to be like, you know, I've talked about this before with the Hollywood casting calls and all the, sto- the, the stories of the Corys and Ariel Winter and all this other shit. It seems like young teenage kids or preteen kids are just being molested or raped all the time. And nobody seems to, like, really, really care. It does seem like kind of... A Hollywood, it seems like a problem in Hollywood. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
you know, especially because Hollywood is so fond of telling other people how they should sort of live their lives and what they should care about, who they should vote for. And uh, when it's right in their own backyard, you know, I, I haven't seen any petitions to, uh, I, I don't know, I, I don't know how you could stop it, but certainly there are problem individuals that we're aware of that are working in the film industry right now. Well, you can say things like, oh, by the way, if you rape a 13-year-old girl in a hot tub, we're not going to give you, like, an honor at the, at the Academy Awards. Or right. we're not going to do whatever. I mean, you can, I mean, you can't stop these you know, guys and pedophiles from doing that shit, but you can, like, ostracize them from these forever. These people are always trying to tell us what to boycott. Yes. And, and I haven't heard boycott Roman Polanski's film. He's still making films, right? Oh, he's still making films. He's still dating. A young, he's in his 80s now. He's still dating a young woman. He's still... Well, he was married. You know, he was married to Sharon Tate. Remember before during the Manson murders, right? Although she was like twenty two at the time, so pretty old for his taste. But uh, you know, he's been involved in a lot of shit, and I think it's mostly during the seventies. He probably calmed down at some point. But it really, honestly, and I don't think people say it's because Hollywood are all pedophiles. I don't believe that part. But I think what they think is that like it's sexual, it's liberating somehow to not judge people for their. It's an expansion of the idea that you shouldn't judge people for their private behavior, mm-hmm. like a very liberal sort of like. You know, from being gay to being something else to being whatever else, we don't judge people for their sexual proclivities or their drug use or their personal behavior or their whatever else it is that they're artists and these are people that need to roam a little bit and you can't contain them into, into like some conservative, Christian, conservative view of life. Yeah, and I think there's also because Hollywood is so heavily represented with um, <clears throat> homosexuals. That too. There's a, uh, you know, there's still a real sticking point with that community of of comparing them to pedophiles or saying that because there's a ton yeah, of there's true. a ton of creepy gay guys that want to you know get get it on with young boys but that i i think that it's still probably more girls that get victimized the boys. Yeah. yeah but i i just think the community is like they don't want to have that first of all no one wants to be criticized to have your industry your business criticized because to some degree you're guilty by association no matter you know, if it's implied or, or real or not, but just no one wants to put heat on themselves. It's much easier to deflect it onto other people. Uh, it's, it's really a sick, it's really a weird, sick thing that they don't like. I, you and I, particularly me, Brian, to some extent, have to be defenders of the children. And like, literally, like, it's not like kids are like being, I mean, in the old days, like, kids were not allowed, at some point, they decide you can't be a 12 year old working like on an assembly line. <laughs> Like in this country, mm-hmm. there was just like some point in the 30s when they said, like, you know what, we're just not going to have you have to be 16 now, or yes, only in the summers if you're 14 or over, and you have to be 18 to have a full time job. We're just not going to let like 11 and 12 year olds work full time jobs in the factories because even though they get money and even though like you know they may be from poor families, it's just so bad for the kids to be exposed to an adult life as a kid. Right. We're not going to let them do this anymore as a country. And at some point, we need to say like, we just need to like. Stop kid rape and molestation stuff in Hollywood and other places, but in Hollywood in particular, from being a thing that is is not a big deal. Yeah. And just start prosecuting the shit out of people and put people away and just put a stop to like the industry of like. I mean, people, people outside LA probably don't understand how real this is here. They probably think it's an exaggeration. There is so much like, and they, and they, like we talk about the flute guy in the schools, the pedophiles move to the places where they can be in touch with the children, literally. So they self-select themselves into the industry, like Polanski. Maybe he was going to be a director all along, but the fact that he works with young girls in his movies, or he's going to parties with young, you know, 15, 14-year-old models, he is able to put himself in a position where he can find exactly what he wants, and no one's going to say boo about it. 
Yeah, and, and I wonder. I mean, it's it's pretty impossible to know these things, but it'd be interesting to look at. You know, I'm, I'm sure that the uh, per capita, the rate of abuse is is much higher in in Hollywood than yes. just about anywhere oh, else. Oh, probably less report. It's underreported because you can't. I mean, like this Polanski's first rape case, the mom put the daughter there, and she was, and they, and now the mom and the daughter, mom especially, is like. I don't really. I don't want to blame him. Live my life spending blaming him. What do you mean he raped your daughter? Like, why don't you want to blame him? Because one, you put your daughter there in, the, in the position, and also you wanted her to keep working. So I mean, it, it worked. I mean, obviously the parents are complicit as well. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make this my cause. No, I'm not. I'm gonna do some sit-ins, chain myself to certain places, go to casting, go to casting offices. Not just, a good career move. Just, no, it's not. I can't afford to do that. I'll continue to do that under my under my uh, under my pseudonym, uh, Brian. You have something you wish to sell this week? Uh, what are you up to, Brian? Well, um, playing actually Saturday. I might have said last week that it was on Sunday, but I screwed up my calendar. Um, Saturday night at 11 p.m. at the Hotel Cafe, I'll be playing drums behind Kara Johnson. Nice. And then on Friday the 13th, I'm playing the debut show with my Primus tribute band. Sweet. Out in Pomona. What kind of drums will you be featuring? The bass drum? Yeah. Uh, a timpanum? I play multiple drums. Actually, I got some new uh, tube toms or okay. octobands or decabons. Tom toms? The, snares? Uh, you got some snares? Yeah. Uh, any timpanums or giant Japanese uh, tribal drums? I I never had the opportunity to join the Taiko Ensemble when I was Blue man, a little blue man, a little blue man action. It looks pretty cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, the PVC instruments. Those are cool. <laughs> uh, Matt, what about you? Uh, I will be at the Comedy Store in Hollywood on Sunday at 8. Um, so if you find me on social media, if you're in the area, I can uh, hook up listeners with that. Uh, also, MattRalston.net, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. Will Louis C.K. be there masturbating in front of women? I would go to see that. Uh, no comment. <laughs> I want to thank our guest today, Beth Bowen, from There Goes the Motherhood. Everybody watch Bravo. Start watching Bravo. I thought my question about this Bravo turn you gay was a good question. I'm pretty sure it might. Pretty sure it I'm going to start watching it. Do you remember, are you old enough to remember when people thought like certain things, like watching things would make you gay? No. No? You don't remember that? I mean, it wasn't liberals who thought that, but I mean, when people said like, if you watch this show, or if you watch whatever, you're going to turn gay. No, I don't. Yeah, uh, I do. I, <laughs> I think it was like last year I heard that. Probably from my parents. Uh, there goes a, there goes a, the motherhood and Bravo and other things. Check out Beth Bowen on I am Beth Bowen on Instagram. Uh, I want to thank everybody. Rocco's today, Studio City. You guys were fantastic, especially our, under, our underage guests for all we were talking about today. That was, that was really good. Uh, this is Lex, Last Minute Earth. Talk to you next week. Yeah.